This is a production of the Gold Arrow Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Gold Arrow Camp Podcast, a podcast for friends of Gold Arrow Camp. Throughout the year, we join you here to bring your day some of what makes Gold Arrow special. Our goal is to help you have fun, make friends, and grow throughout the year. Not just when you're at GAC. Since we can't get together in real life, we gather here around the virtual campfire. We have some of your favorite parts of morning assembly, got joke of the day. We also have interviews with experienced campers and some of your favorite counselors. We think it's a lot of fun, and we're glad you joined us here on the podcast. This is episode 19. We're checking with one of last year's Rocks and Ropes counselors, Rugger. That's a lot of R's. This week I had the privilege of talking to Rugger. Rugger, if you don't know him, is half of the program head team at Rocks and Ropes. He works with Sterling. He had some really great insight about how those activities down at Rocks and Ropes help campers, especially when it comes to overcoming fear. I also asked him about his favorite thing at camp that's not Rocks and Ropes. One of my favorite things at camp that's not Rocks and Ropes is guitar. And if you've been listening for long, you know I've been learning to play. I've got it out again. Here we go. This is me playing some guitar. Rugger, welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much. I'm excited that you're joining us all the way from England. Me too. It's uh, it's amazing what we can do with technology these days. It is incredible. It's I can't <laughs> imagine what people would have done in the olden days. Um, I don't know. Who knows? I, they wrote letters, I suppose, or talked to people <laughs> face-to-face. Yeah, <laughs> face-to-face, you know, those relationships, what are they, right? I guess. I Listen, who knows? <laughs> uh, so for people who don't know you maybe they've never met you could you quickly kind of explain who you are kind of what you do at camp and how long you've been coming to camp uh okay so i am rugger i'm from england uh, closest to london but not that close to myself a londoner um third year at camp was last summer and i was the rocks and rips director or one of sorry yeah you were the er half of struggler right because it was you and sterling so if i put rugger and sterling together i get struggler well, I was the, the rug in the middle and the er at the end. Fair. So it was really a big combination name for you guys. Yeah, it really was. It worked really well. It did. Ironically, not a lot of struggle for you guys. I felt like you, That's uh, what you we were didn't struggle, we so didn't. it was a great name. We were trying to, trying to oppose what we, we our name stood for. <laughs> so obviously, as one of the Rocks and Ropes directors, um, you spend a lot of time at Rocks and Ropes activities. What do you think? kind of the role of having rocks and ropes activities at camp is why do we have so many of them do you think uh wow what a question to start 
Um, I think a big part of what Rocks and Rips can do for the kids especially is they can teach them that overcoming fear, fears, sorry, is easier than they think. Because um, we, we see a large number of kids with that are scared of heights or scared, you know, have the natural fear of falling like everybody does when they're born. Sure. And like seeing them accomplish that me just makes it it seem more achievable, if that makes sense. So they they get it just yeah achievable is the word I'd use. So, um, do you find when you're at Rocks and Ropes that most of what's happening is campers overcoming fears? Is that kind of what you guys see the most of at those areas? Um, for me, when I've been working there, it's been one of the one of the highlights for me personally has been working with the kids that are scared of heights um, because in a way they have a lot more to gain than some people. Sure. Um, but then again, like when we do the high ropes, especially there's a huge, huge team element and relationship building element there, um, which I think makes up a lot of it. It's, it's bit, when like you see kids genuinely building rapport with each other and, you know, helping each other, encouraging each other on something like zipline or even just the rock wall. It's really, it, it's really what, rocks and ropes can achieve as an activity i think well and i think that i mean that's the reason you guys also facilitate the team building program right is that your activity is already very much a collaborative activity i think oh absolutely um and since we start each session with the team building it just gives us an opportunity to revisit those cabins we perhaps have been with already sure and we can go back to you know we can say oh what happened here do you remember what this is see how well you work then and we can just keep building on the relationship that we try to instigate on those first couple of days during the team building sessions. Cool. So rocks and ropes activities. What is your favorite rocks and rope activity at camp? Uh, it's, you know, unfortunately it's one that we didn't have this year and it's big swing. Oh yeah. I, I love big swing to do like to be a participant on big swing. I think there's nothing, nothing scarier to start with sure uh at camp and there's nothing more fun i believe because it is just you're you're in control of your own destiny as in a way and you just pull a rope and you go and it's it's fast yeah like, people just don't see that um yeah i think as a participant that's my favorite but as to as a counselor i think high ropes is by far my favorite just because there's so much more chance for in uh a close engagement um, with campers whilst they're doing the activity. Right. Because on the high ropes as a staff member, you operate kind of up on the activity as opposed to belaying on the ground. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, the closest you'll get to that as well is, is zip line, I guess, because you're up on the platform, but with high ropes, you can, you can run across the course with the, with the campers if you need to, or sure. want to, I guess. Um, and yeah, you can talk and like it, it gives you the excuse as if you need one to be loud like <laughs> you, you can shout you can be silly you can play games and yeah the, the campers really get into it once they once the nervous ones get over that initial bump and fear anyway yeah once the uh, once you get over that surge of adrenaline and figure out how safe you are i think it's it's a big adventure on the top oh it's it's fantastic i mean there's not many other places especially well particularly at camp that you'll be 
up that high. Yeah, like you know, three stories. Laughing with your friends. It's immensely tall. Exactly. It's it's. I don't know. Was it like forty-five feet ish? In that neighborhood on the top. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really great, especially when since at the top as well as a counselor, you can just like wobble it a bit more. You can shake it a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) You get some really great death stares from campers looking back at you from the middle. Wasn't me. It was. Uh, it was somebody else shook it. It definitely wasn't me. The, the wind was very strong at this one particular point. Yeah, until it, you turned around. Uh, it, it's the sailing. Look at the sailboats. There's obviously so much wind this morning. <laughs> um. Okay. So, what's your favorite thing at camp that's not rocks and ropes related? Oh man. Okay. Um. Oh, I don't know. I've been asked this question so many times. <laughs> uh i am a huge huge fan of the dances okay i really really do like them i think it's just a, it's a it's it's towards the end of the session uh it's a chance for everyone to you know show the high energy that you get sure the campus can go a little bit crazy uh the counselors can you know be extra silly with their costumes with their dancing stuff like that and it's just a really really fun time for everyone to interact with each other no, I agree. Like there's no, there's no like separation really between lions and bears and tigers. Everyone's just mingled in one big space, and they just get to go and do what they want in that space. It's great. Yeah, I think uh, one of the things that makes that so much fun for me is it's one of the few nights where nobody's out of camp because nobody's at Shaver and nobody's backpacking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, the OLC is back. Everybody's there. And I think that like the first night is a lot like that for me when nobody has left yet and everybody's there and there's that that uh, excitement about what's going on. And I think carnivals like that, it's it's these things where everybody's there and experiencing something right at the same time. I think that's really kind of an awesome way. And I'm glad we end the session with it. I'm glad that that's kind of like the note we go out on. Oh, absolutely. I think it just it just offers the campers like, and a different way of making those memories that they're going to think about for years to come. Yeah, exactly. Like those, it would just be a different interaction with their cabin mates as, as opposed to like, you know, go, taking turns on, on Nisky Wake or something like that. Yeah. it's. But yeah. going back to like opening, the opening campfires is actually such a contrast to the whole, whole of camp life, I think actually, because like, it's just so subdued. It's uh, And then like, as soon as they wake up the next morning, it's all out the window. Everyone's going crazy, and it's great. <laughs> you know, it's just I, another part I, of the camp I really, really love. I, I'm with you. Um, so you're obviously we touched on this. You're from England. I am. We have a lot of international staff. What was mm-hmm. it that made you kind of say, "I'd like to go work at a children's summer camp in the states"? Um, I was looking for a new challenge. Sure. Uh, and I, I. I don't know. I'd always, for some reason, I'd always wanted to go to America for a while, for like at least a couple of years before coming. And one of the places I wanted to go was California. Sure. So, so the sponsor company that I come with, they're great. And I looked at their list, and this was actually at the time the only one that <laughs> they had that was based in California. Sure. So I was like, great, okay. Uh, I had a five ten minute interview with Cappy, i think it was sure. in london oh you you actually and went to the fair yeah i did okay. i did that because that was the one year that i think camp did it or 
Yeah, we well, they haven't been since it, I think. No, I don't think we do a lot of it over Skype now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I was very fortunate to have this yeah. 10 15 minute chat with Cappy, and she said, Great, this is an intense situation. Go and talk to some other people. If you still like us by the end, come back. And I came back and I haven't looked back since. Very good. And so, why do you keep coming back? Because for me, it would it seems so overwhelming to say, Yeah, for 12 or 13 or 14 weeks, I'm going to leave not just home, but I'm going to like leave the hemisphere I live in, the culture, <laughs> the side of the road I drive in, literally uh-huh. everything to come live in the mountains. Like I can get the first year, okay, California, maybe the second year you really enjoyed camp, but to keep doing it, what is it that brings you back, do you think? Uh, it's, it's not just one thing, I can say that for sure. Good. But one of the main reasons is the relationships I've built with people there. Sure. Um, and it's actually like the relationships I know I can build with new people as well. I mean, most of the time it's friendships that last for a lifetime. Absolutely. I mean, like uh, one of my best friends is from camp. Uh, he was my co for two years. Um, he's and like I meet up with him because he now lives mo- well a lot of the time in France. So I get the chance to meet up with him whenever I can. Right basically but yeah the relationships are a big part of it um the location really helps it's spectacular like second to none i think i, I tend to my, agree but you know i've worked I work full time so maybe twisted and biased opinion it's fine exactly <laughs> um uh yeah and i think if anyone wants to go into any kind of child care or you know child development professional area there's probably no better place to go than a summer camp in America. Yeah, I think it's a really intensive way to figure out how to work with kids. Absolutely. And it's different kids as well. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. There's people from all kinds of different backgrounds. And it's actually, it really helps with your professional development, working with a completely different group of people that you'd be used to back home. Yeah, no, well, I, I'm I, used to back home anyway. Yeah, no, I wholeheartedly agree. I it's the thing I regret most about my teaching career is that I didn't work at camp first mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. I think it's, oh, it's, it, you learn so much more, so much more quickly in that environment. Absolutely. My, my ability to communicate with kids after my first summer improved by oh. at least a hundred percent. Yeah. I'm the same boat. I, I came to work at camp that first summer and I went back and I was like, Oh, I, I'm going to be a lot better at teaching than yeah. I used to be. Like, this is a lot easier. It just makes more sense. Yeah. I, I understand everything. Like, it's like the light bulb is turned on. I've been teaching in the dark for five years. Um, you know, kids do listen sometimes. Yeah, it turns out, yeah, if you build a relationship, you can have a really meaningful interaction with a kid every single day. 100% true. Um, you're back in the real world. You're you're back amongst the cell phones and the internet. Mm-hmm. What lessons from camp are you still using now that you're back in the world? Um, I'm not, well, the, the, I think the big thing is that I've taken actually from all three years is try just remain positive about everything. Sure. Even if something appears to be kind of rough or even, you know, scary at, at first, it's probably not going to turn out that way and you can probably settle into it and it'll be fine. That's the biggest thing I've taken away from it because I used to stress a lot about minor things, and but that's not me anymore. It's fine. Um, 
And that's, that's I don't, really I, good. Say that again, sorry. That's like a really good lesson to take from camp, I think. And I don't know that anybody's ever said that before. Oh, and I think it's a really good skill to take back. Like, you don't have to sweat the small stuff. You can just let things play out for a little bit before, you know. I mean, most of the time, this isn't obviously a blanket rule. Sure. But most of the time, you can let it play out and just, you know, see where it goes and then react after it's, you know, a few seconds. Yeah, no, I think uh, that that's, other, yeah, you're absolutely correct. Yeah, I mean, the other thing is I don't use my phone as much now that I'm here. Yeah. I just don't. I don't. I. I don't need to be on the phone all the time. I. I, I like interacting with people face to face. Right. You, like, I. I find that I would rather talk to somebody face to face than via a text. Hundred percent. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, um, it's just. I don't know. It just feels more. Well, for one, it definitely feels more personal, and two, it just feels like you're getting better responses from your conversation than you would over the phone or through a text message. Yeah. I think it's also, uh, I'm quite, uh, Mark sorry, Cuban who said that uh, there's no better way to be misunderstood than through a text message. 100%. And as quite a sarcastic person in the real world, <laughs> the tone is really hard to convey yeah, through a is. text message. So much better if, if I'm actually with the person talking to them. I was, uh, we talked to Lyric for the, uh, the podcast and he said that uh, the thing he takes with him from camp is his watch. He's like, nobody wears a watch. <laughs> I was like, that's fair. Like, I'm oh, with boy. it. I mean, sure. it's It makes sense. Because if I pull my Frankly, phone out to check what time it is, I'm going to look at the notifications, and then I'm going to get sucked into a black yeah, hole. Yeah. But if I just, oh, a watch on my wrist, what a convenient thing to have. It makes sense. It does. I don't know why they're dying out. I No, I think, listen, people just don't know. Because it, they're dying out because too many people – never separate themselves from their phone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. even if you just take a weekend off where you just, you leave the phone on your bedside table and you operate without it, it changes your whole world. But so many people don't have a watch or they don't keep a planner. And so what they do is they're like, well, I need my phone to help me navigate the day. But mm -hmm. because of the way the brain works and the fact that most of us are literally physiologically addicted to the phone, you can't use it for just those things. You're going to check Twitter or Instagram or Snapchat or Facebook or, 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 or. And so like a tool, like a watch is just a thing that frees you from the ball and chain of your cellular phone. Absolutely. And I've, I've, I've actually bugged so many of my friends and family to get watches. Right. Not strictly for that reason, but it's apparently I just surround myself with the people I care about are just always categorically late. <laughs> always. <laughs> Majority of my family, my, some of my closest friends, even Mech sometimes is a little bit late. Hard to believe, like, but true. <laughs> come on. It's not that hard to be somewhere on time. Right? No, it's it's a little pet peeve, tiny pet peeve. It's fine. I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> All right, Rugger. Let's, let's finish this thing up. Here comes the speed round. Okay. Five questions we ask everybody who's on the podcast. What is your favorite song at camp? Uh, oh, this year it was What Do I Know by Ed Sheeran. Oh, okay. Uh, yep. Yeah, you're you're in the Ed Sheeran team. Like, he's your guy for music on the playlist, I know. Honestly, I think What Do I Know is probably the most Gacka song we had on the iPod. This it's great. Year. I'm, I'm with you. It's it, dynamite. Um, yeah. What's your favorite item on the salad bar? 
Oh, the uh, the jalapenos. Oh, jalapenos. Yeah. They're not there every day. Though. I know, and that that was kind of a killer. I know, but when they are, it's like a little party. You're like, oh, hi friends. When they are, it's every meal. It's great. Yes. Uh, favorite lip balm flavor. Uh oh uh 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 oh I can't think what it's called now. Oh, Kyber coconut. There we go. Oh, throwback. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mallows or popcorn? Popcorn. Okay. And what's your real name? It oh, is. Oh, I'm so sorry. We're all out of time. That's all the time we have for the podcast. Rugger, thanks for being on. Thanks for having me. This is fun. This is fun. In a world with far too much seriousness, far too much drama, we bring you something different. The joke of the cast. Hey there, it's Aqua. Okay, I have two really funny jokes for you. The first one, what did the buffalo say when he dropped his kid off at school? Bye, son. Get it? Bison. Okay, so there's two muffins sitting in an oven. One muffin says to the other muffin, Man, it's really hot in here. And the other muffin says, Ah, a talking muffin! And now, it's time for another Gaxpiration with Sunshine. This week's Gaxpiration comes from Maya Angelou. I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did. But people will never forget how you made them feel. Well, that does it. That's the Gak podcast for this week. Thanks to Sunshine for the Gaxpiration. Thanks to Aqua for reading us a couple of great jokes today. I laughed far harder than I should have it. Ah, talking muffin. Thanks to Rugger for coming on and sharing his thoughts both about how camp impacts him outside of camp and also why Rocks and Ropes is so great. And thanks to you for listening. If you guys didn't listen, the podcast wouldn't exist. We really appreciate it. Thanks so much. I'm Soy and I'll save a marshmallow for you.